to talk to you this morning uh, just about uh, being unfinished. We're in a, in a world today that just seems unfinished. Before I get started, I thought we'd start with some funny church signs. I thought you might like these, so here you go. Here's one. Don't be so open-minded, your brains fall out. We don't, we don't want that. God does not believe in atheists, therefore they do not exist. Forgive your enemies, it messes with their heads. I, I like that one. Prayer, wireless access to God with no roaming fee. Artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. That's a classic. <laughs> Walmart is not the only saving place. <laughs> we don't even have a blue vest, but I'm telling you, that's truth. Okay, unfinished. The main text that we have for today is Nehemiah chapter 2, 17 and 18. Nehemiah chapter 2. I like this particular scripture because it talks about again he's building the wall back up but it when i read it it just made me think of our city made me think of marion made me think of things that we needed to maybe look at and this is what the word says it says i said to them you see the distress i looked up the word distress by the way and it is worry and anxiety and all those kind of words we don't like or the things that mess with us a little bit you see the distress that we are in how jerusalem and i put in my notes here or how marion lies waste and its gates are burned with fire and most everybody that's been in marion or lived in marion i was born and raised here they talk about the drugs that have been in marion although i do believe it's taking a turn for the better and god is doing some good things here but come in and let us build the wall of jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach i told him of the hand of my god which had been good upon me now i want you to notice this is him saying this is god has been good upon me he's telling people i told them about the hand of my god it's been good upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me so they said let us rise up and build and they set their hands to this good work father in jesus name i ask god for your anointing on this message that we could get what you got for us so we could put it to use in your name we pray amen i want to talk to us this morning just about stuff that's unfinished i mean who are we leading you're on a journey somewhere, and somebody or someone is looking and following. My father uh, is going to be moving here before too long, but it was a commercial on TV, and I don't know if you'll remember the commercial, but it was a commercial of a guy that uh, he was, do- whatever he did, the little boy was right beside him doing everything he did. The father picked up a stone, and he threw the stone across the pond. The little boy ran up. The little boy looked like he's about four or five, maybe six at the tops, and threw the stone. The father had a stick, and was going by the fence. The little boy had his little stick running by a white picket fence. And everything the father did, the little boy did. Then the father reached for a pack of cigarettes, sitting by a tree in the park, and put the cigarette in his mouth, set the pack down, and the little boy went like that, and they froze the picture. That commercial stopped my dad from smoking. Because he saw in there, if I smoke, there's a good chance my son will smoke, and he didn't want me to go through all of the stuff that they were now beginning. How many remember when they advertised cigarettes on TV and then you couldn't? And then the pack said, this may cause cancer. And, you know, and they had all these warnings. Well, it was that commercial, that word picture that he said. So the reason I'm telling you that is somebody's following. Somebody's watching. You are going somewhere. We're all on a journey. Wouldn't it like, you know, I want to make up my mind. I want it to be a good journey. I want it to be a, a, a fun journey and a fulfilling journey. And I want to get better from that trip. How about you? Let me just say this. 
We cannot give away what we don't have. We must import truth before we export truth. God wants to construct our being before our doing. We live in a culture that loves success. We want success in our own lives. We like to see successful things. If we see somebody successful and it's something that we like, we want then. How did that happen? Show me how you did that. I want some of that. Show me that. What is the secret? Do you have a formula? It brings hope. If it happened for them, it may happen for us. We live so many times in an unfinished world, don't we? Things just don't get finished. Have you ever been in a, has your house ever been in a state of remodel? <laughs> Listen to everybody. <laughs> and the wives are going, boo, boo. you know, where you're constantly fixing or remodeling something. And you feel like, wow, this is never going to get done. We also live in a world where trust and integrity are questionable at best. And few and far between. People on street corners are holding up signs. We'll work for food. Four kids, homeless. And we want to help, but we don't know if it's legitimate. And we have done, I mean, I've done that before. I've, we've helped. I asked one guy, and we were pastoring uh, in Pickerington, and there was a guy standing on the corner right off of uh, 70. We'll work for food. I pulled up beside him and said, hey, listen, jump in the car. My church is not even five miles from here. I'll give you $10 an hour, and I can give you four or five hours of work right now. You can work around the grounds, you can mow, you can pull weed. Well, I've got stuff for you to do. And he looked at me and goes, no way. I can make more money standing right here. I just rolled up my window and said, well, that was fun. Sometimes we just long for somebody to really mean what they say. Or, or actually it to be a legitimate whatever. This is what they did. This is actually what they did. We had somebody one time gave a, a recipe out to a lot of people, but they on purpose forgot certain ingredients. Because they didn't want it to be as good as theirs. I'm just like, really? We need to be finished. Every one of us probably have been burned one way or another, taken advantage of, used or hurt. And things don't always appear as they seem. We, we want to take people for their word value. The enemy, my friends, are, are, is into decoys. He's into substituting something that isn't the real thing. He's into strife, confusion, separation, and division. So we have to start saying, all right, God, how do I lead my family? How do I lead my kids, my coworkers? How do I lead my neighbors, my church, my whatever? I mean, what is it that you're leading? Who is it that you're leading? Who's following you? No matter how you slice it, we live in a world that's unfinished. It used to amaze me that now from the vault of Disney, these unwatched episodes... Like what happened to him before? I thought that series was over, but somewhere it's been redeveloped or they were lost or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so I'm not saying that's bad, but sometimes when we think something's over, they may come back and redo it. I thought Star Wars was over. Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. My name's Luke Skywalker. Well, I want to get back to what we were talking about. I want to talk about Nehemiah. The wall seemed impossible to finish or maybe even to, to undertake it. It's, it's a big job. Have you ever had a job that just seems to be overwhelming? He had a burden for it. And that's what I want to kind of talk about unfinished. He had a burden 
to do this. Something inside him said, this needs to be done. I just need to do it. My friends, we need to have some burdens again. We need to have something that really sticks with us that says, I got to see this finished. I got to see this to the end. We are in a generation that quits too easy. That just won't see anything. We're in a generation that's just like almost union. That's not my job. Let them do that. That's not my job. What happens if we would just pick up the slack? You know, I got hired at one position, and this is the one, not the only reason I'm glad, but the one reason is, is because as I walked by to go into my interview, there was a wadded up piece of paper, and I was the only candidate that picked it up. I didn't think, I better pick that up because that could be part of my interview. I just saw a wadded up piece of paper. It was on the church ground. That's God's property. Somebody needs to throw that away. I guess I'll do that. So I picked it up. When I got in there, they said, you are the only one. I didn't know this, but about six people got their nose pressed up against the glass staring to see if I got it. I could have really, if I'd have known that, I could have really messed with them. (laughs) I could have just tore it up. No, I wouldn't have done that. I'm just saying, don't we live in a society like whatever happened to that kind of stuff? I remember just talking with my grandfather and my grandfather would tell me, man, my word is is my bond. And and you could do a lot of things just on a handshake and, and a promise. You never had to sign anything. Nehemiah had to finish the wall. He had a burden and he had to recruit people. You know how hard it is to recruit people? Sometimes, well, because your burden may not be their burden. What you care about, they may not care about. But if it's something that is a unanimous benefit to everyone, then they'll, they'll buy into it, so to speak. You know, people respond to vision. You know what that, show me what we're doing. Show me why we're doing it. Everybody wants to know the why, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that, and we should. Nehemiah had to go and get this wall done. And in the midst of building what he had a burden for, the enemy was trying to stop him. Now, I want to stop right there and say, has the enemy ever tried to stop you for something that you knew you had to get finished? You had to work on, and he tries to distract you. Nehemiah, he tried to get him off the wall, get down here, and tried to make it even look good. Spiritual. Yeah, there's well-meaning Christians, but maybe they're not meaning well. We've got to stay in touch. We've got to stay, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do that in such a way that I can finish what you've got me started? Because God is a finisher. What if Jesus had that attitude? What if Jesus said, you know, I'm out. It's getting too tough. In the garden, I mean, all all of his homies... All of his guys, all of his dudes, all of his gang, whatever, peeps, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're all sleeping. And he says, you know, if there's another way, I'd like to hear it. But if there's not, I'll finish it. He had already known why he came. Part of that passion is like, God, show me those things so that I can be. Do you know where you have a purpose, where you have a call, you have everything you need to complete that? You have an anointing for that call. You have a purpose. I want to give you three thoughts today. They're not going to be long. Here's the first one. Learn life. 
who, what, where, why. Let's, we want to finish some stuff. We've got to learn life. What are, what are the goals? What, what do you like to do? You know, part of TLC, we're just trying to find people to, what, you, what do you feel your purpose is? That's why we live life on purpose. What's your purpose? What do you like to do? I don't want you to do something you don't like to do. I don't want you back there watching Rugrats, as Scott says. <laughs> if you don't like, you know, if kids aren't your thing, we don't want you watching kids. What is your thing? Are you, you know, this? Or are you that? What, what is your gifts? So if we want to live life, we want to learn it first. I guess I just gave you your second point. We want to learn life. We want to know what are the goals? What do you have for yourself? What do you need to learn? What purpose can you connect with? I want to connect with those of where I want to go. I'm going to say that one more time. I want to connect with those of where I want to go. If you want to do something, find somebody that's doing what you want to do. If they're doing it correctly, connect with that. Because then you're going to learn how to do what they're doing so you can do what they do. And it'll happen to you and you'll be anointed to do that because that's part of your purpose. Rub shoulders with those that are doing what you want to do. Learn from their experience. Put your personality into what God is showing you. Have you ever said this? I wish I could do that. Well, then what steps are you making to make yourself do that? What are you learning to be able to do that? What have you found? I want to write a book. How do you write a book if you want to write a book? Somebody said, well, I need to read a book on how to write a book. If that's what you need to do, then start reading a book. Find somebody that's written a book. How did you do that? Take some notes. There was a sales meeting one time, and there was all these salespeople on the floor, and the the, the CEO of the company said, hey, this is Jimmy Smith over here who's been our leading salesman for this entire year. How many know that? And every hand went up. Let's give Jimmy a hand. Yeah. And then he said this. He said, how many have made a lunch appointment or an appointment with Jimmy to find out how he's doing what he's doing? And nobody raised their hand. What are you doing to learn your life? What are you doing to say, you know what, I can be better. If you don't like where you're at, what are you doing to make a difference? What are you learning to change what's happening to you right now? I've told you stories where we were saying, Lord, we don't have any money. And God said, you don't save any money. You're not even saving a dollar. That's not really fun to hear. So we started doing that. You want to go to Disney World, let's just say. What's it cost to go to Disney World? Well, why do I have to know that? Don't you think you ought to know that before you can figure out how you're going to go? What would it take you to get there? How do you learn what it's going to, you know, so I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to say, listen, if this is what I'm, here's what I'm going to learn life. So many people, so many people, I'm doing a funeral this week. And there's going to be people in that funeral that are just, they're just existing. They're just, life is just happening day by day. I want to take life and not let life take me. I want, to, I want to enjoy my life to the fullest. Isn't that what God wants for you? He wants good things for you, so learn life. Here's number two. Live life. So then once you start learning, then start putting it to practice. You've got, you got to start doing it. When we were in ministry, the Lord told us, you know, with our children, because we had moved, to homeschool them. At that time, there wasn't a whole lot of homeschoolers. Now it's, it's a lot more popular. 
But, you know, Kim and I were just talking the other day. She didn't have anybody, too many people to go, here's what you do. Now she's had many people said, how did you do that? She had to put in practice, here's what I did. Here's the regimen I use. Here's the curriculum I use. I use this because this helped me stay in these boundaries or whatever. She had her own criteria. But my point is, she didn't just learn it. She had to live it. There's a difference. There's people that learn. You can learn something, but if you never practice it, you're not going from A to B then. You're just kind of staying at A. Great that you have knowledge, but if you do nothing with it, you gotta, you got to live it. If you're going on this path to say, God, I want to not be unfinished. I want, Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him. I want to be finished. When I, when I take my last breath here, I want to say, I've lived my life. Now, I don't want that breath to be for a long time. I want to put 120 years in here if I can. I had somebody just tell me yesterday, he goes, not me. I'm like, speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> when you give up, I'm still going strong. That's what I want. But oh, that's me. So what I'm saying is, though, if I'm learning something, maybe I didn't catch it. How many have ever lived in regret? I wish I'd have known this 10 years ago. Well, me too. But I didn't. So now I just have to go from where I'm at. You understand? You can't go back. This isn't Mary Poppins. You can't jump into the painting and go back. You're going to have to go from this point on. But see, God can give you back what you lost. And that's something he's been telling me because I've been concerned with, I wish I'd have made this decision. I wish I'd have been better. I wish I'd have been smarter. I I wish I wouldn't have did this. I wish I wouldn't have did that. But what I'm telling you is God can make up for what you didn't get done. God can make up for what you blew. Because if you will yield to him, you will not only learn life, because he's going to give people to help you, but you'll start living life. I want to live life. I want to laugh again. How about you? I want to laugh and have fun again, and all the while still be learning and loving what I'm doing. I've preached this message before, but I just threw these, these points in here. They're not really, start where you are, use what you got, do what you can. No matter where you're at, just start now. Start where you are, use what you got, do what you can. It's not really as much where you start in life. Come on, you know this. It's where you finish and how you finish. So let's finish good. Now, we've got a long life yet ahead of us. This church has got a lot of long years left. I mean, good years, prosperous years, things that are going to make a difference. This town will turn around. You will see it because we're rebuilding the wall. I want to be the real deal, the genuine article. I want to be a person of more depth. I don't want to just be a person of just, I don't want to be a facade. I want to be the genuine real deal. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. You got to have fun. Some of us are just afraid to have fun. We're almost afraid to laugh. People will see us laugh, and that'll be a bad thing. Why? Life with no fun is no fun. You know, one thing I love about my son-in-law, he makes me laugh. Because I could say almost anything off the top of my head. I have to be cautious, because he could do it. (laughs) He's he's really athletic, but I mean, he could do it. I mean, we went to a wedding, and 
And all it was mentioned was run around the parking lot. Next thing I knew, I heard the door open and he's off around the parking lot. I'm just cracking up. And Mallory's like, oh, <laughs> she's laughing. We're all actually laughing. He just brings a lot of joy. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Laughter's like medicine. Sometimes, I mean, the world is tough enough. Isn't it good to laugh? Isn't it good sometimes just to laugh and have fun? I, I love some times I've had with my family. I, my father, I'm so excited for him to move back here. But one time we were at our house and he, he, was, he loves to play euchre. Any, anybody love to play euchre? My dad loves euchre. I mean, he just, and he always calls himself a tournament partner. And, and so him and Zach are always tournament partners. And you have to say that that way, tournament. And me and Sam were always on a team. And so dad comes out and he comes out and he's got, he, we, we're playing and we're, Sam and I are winning. And he leaves, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, boys. He's real dramatic. If you know my dad, I mean, when he's having fun, he's, wait a minute, boys. He walks out of the room, goes to the room where he stayed, comes back in, he's got this, fishing type cap or something on and he comes back because this is my lucky hat never lose with my hat on we smoked him i mean he had that hat on we smoked him and he took that hat off he said i hate this hat never did like it threw it across the room we were laughing so hard my boys fell on the floor i i mean my side was hurting to this day we talk about that and we have great memories and laugh laughter is like medicine life is tough enough man you need to laugh you need to have fun this last Christmas, all of the kids, my wife hates popsicle sticks, wooden sticks, unfinished wood. I just got in trouble. I need a ride home. But they made a whole pathway through the house of popsicle sticks. How many did you buy? 2,000. And, and then they, they decorated the floor with them. And, you know, Kim, my, my brother-in-law, Jeff, would give her, you know, like a Starbucks gift card at Christmas, but they'd have popsicle sticks taped to it. She can't stand that, so she won't, she can't touch the card. She'll be like, ah! So it was, it was just so much fun, so we filmed that. I, it might even be on, on YouTube or something, I don't know. But anyway, a lot of fun. Live life. People can spot a phony a mile away. Don't just do what you say do what you do be the person you're supposed to be here's our third thought this morning loan life once you learn it once you live it you got to give it away you got to loan it away show it to your kids show them that you know maybe i didn't do everything right in the past but man i'm going to fix this now because i've learned some things I've, I've not only learned, I'm living some things. And when I do that, and when the kids see that, you are loaning life. Some of you in here just need to learn, live, and loan. You need to just start saying, God, I just need to enjoy my life one more time. I need to shake off all of this stuff from the past. I need to just, I need to live my life and loan it away. I can't stress that enough, just saying, God, I just need your grace. Again, we import truth before we can export truth. In other words, we got to have good stuff in so you can let good stuff out. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't give away what you don't have. Work on your being before you're doing. Teach it to somebody else. Teach it to your kids. My kids would get bored. We would drive back and forth to 
the church, and it was about a 30-minute drive, and they would get bored. When we first moved there, they, they said, man, you know, Kim's mom and dad, uh, especially my mother-in-law, she'd say, you, you moved out in the sticks, because we were out, we were out kind of out in the boonies. And so the kids would get bored, so if they're riding with me, we played a thing that I just made up along the way called Roadkill Roundup. We really did. Whatever road kill was on, they got the right side of the road. And since I was driving, I got center line and to the left. The center line was fair game for either of us. But on the left, who found as many road kills before we got to our destination? And you might say, that's morbid. I don't care. It was a lot of fun. Those kids would be, they'd be like, hey, that was, a, that was, a, oh, that was nothing. Yeah, it was. It was a possum. Pretty sure it was a possum, you know, or whatever. And we would just have so much fun just doing, I'd make up, hey, there's a deer. That counts for six. I can see you like my game. <laughs> You're like, you are a sad, sad young man. Yes. But anyway, we just started, okay, Lord, I want to loan my life. I want to have fun. And to, you might say that's a bad example. I may not use that example, second service. <laughs> but we just started having fun. And uh, I want to show my kids it's okay to have fun. I want to show my kids it's okay to laugh. It's okay. There, there are times that it's, it's perfectly in line to be silly. And I know there's times that it's perfectly not in line to be silly. I am kind of, I have to watch that because I can be silly probably too much. But I want us to, to key on the important things. Nehemiah had said, what is it I got to get done? There has to be a burden. There has to be a purpose. You want a strong family? What are you doing to make a strong family? You want to have lasting relationships? What are you doing for that? Are you learning in life? Are you living that out? Are you loaning that back? I want to blaze a trail so that my kids and my grandkids can follow with their eyes closed. I mean, I want them to say, yeah, this is good. I want to teach what I know to somebody else. I want to mentor them to success. I want to leave a heritage or a legacy. If you don't pass important things on, who will? If you have important people in your family and you don't tell your kids about your, your mom and dad or their mom and dad and they were big influences in your life, who will? If God is not important in your life, do you expect him to have such an impact on your children or your grandkids? So how do you do that? How does that look? Do we just take the Bible and we just jam it down their throat? No, we don't. We live it. We learn it, we live it, and we loan it out. My challenge to you this morning is just that. Look at your life. Start asking yourself like Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to say, we're going to get this wall done. And he did it in 52 days. Because, you know, once people get started, once they buy into that, they start working that way. They start saying, I can do that. I believe that. And once they believe that and they jump on board, it's amazing how quick things can get done. What are you rebuilding? Brett, you don't even know. I laid waste to this relationship or that. Let's rebuild it. With God, it says all things are what? Possible to him that believes. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then that relationship can be restored. If that is something that God wants and that's a godly connection, that can be restored. I'm going to have Kim go to the...
So I'm going to challenge you this morning. Simple three points. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to loan it. I had to look at that myself and say, I'm not sure all of what I'm doing. Is it worth coming down the ladder if you're building something? Has the enemy tried to get you off course, tried to get you off focus? Reminded you of this or that and got you frustrated or got you isolated? Get back on the ladder. Get back up there. Get the things back in your hand. You can even tell your, your kids or your family, look, you know, sorry, I, I got off the ladder, but I'm back on it now. Because that's real. That's genuine. Tell them you're just like anybody else. You need grace. But you can do it. You can make the rest of your life the best of your life. And that's what I'm praying for this lady on the keyboard. I'm just saying, you know what? Let's let the rest of our life be the best of our life. Let's enjoy ourselves to the point where this is just crazy good in a good way. Just have a lot of fun and a lot of great things are going to happen. I'm going to put my faith and trust in God Almighty. I'm going to do everything I can to learn from him and those he puts in contact with me. I'm going to do everything I can then to live what I learn. And then I'm going to loan it back. Because isn't that what God wants you to do? That's how we, he, my job is to equip people. Help somebody along the way today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?